0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Believe! B-L-E-A-V and Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. It's show we believe in the Detroit Lions and by the end of this episode, so will you. It's another exciting week talking Detroit Lions. I mean... We got OTAs to talk about. You got players on the field, Jared Goff throwing passes. The rookies are out there, the veterans. Michael Brockers is in town doing his thing So, so much to talk about here on the show We'll get right into it I'm your host Derek Okere You can find me on Twitter At Derek Okere That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E Always talking Lions Michigan Wolverines Fantasy football You know, trying to have a few laughs on there Just like I like to have on this show So, we're going to talk Lions here on this show You can also find my other podcast It's called the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Where we serve up that Honolulu blue flavored Kool-Aid twice a week Wednesdays and Friday mornings and then you get this show normally on Thursday mornings Uh, like I said coming from the believe podcasting network I appreciate the uh, platform they provide and I try to just jump on here and talk football entertain have some fun with you guys so I think I got an entertaining show for you today today is gonna be the top 10 (laughs) I usually don't do lists but I might have to do some more lists but today I threw together a quick top 10 list of reasons why you should B-L-E-A-V in the 21 uh, Detroit Lions football team. We will run it down, no particular order. We'll have some fun with it, and we'll talk all about it. But before we do that, I got to get one of my favorite sponsors in here off the top of the show. Benny Blades used to do the show here with me. He used to say, we got to go to the pay window. So, like... We got to get betonline.ag in here. You got, what do you got? You got playoff hoops. You know, you got golf out there these days here hitting the summer months. It's going to be about 90 plus degrees here in the state of Michigan before you know it. So head on over to betonline.ag and check them out. We'll take a quick pause. You can hear more about them. We'll be right back talking Detroit Lions. <laughs> What's going on, Believe in Lines listeners? Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, what's going on, everybody? We are back from the break. Make sure you go support our great sponsors as well as thank you for supporting the show, for listening, for hitting that subscribe button, for telling your friend, hey, you love the Lions, right? Like, there's a show you got to listen to. It's this guy on a mic, and all he does is talk football, and he talks Lions football multiple times a week. You got to check this out. So, like I say... I really appreciate it. I had a ton of fun doing this, been podcasting for a few years now. Really enjoy it. You know, I'm a pretty quiet, laid back kind of guy, but when I get on the mic, I like to have a little fun and I love talking sports, both with my friends, my family, as well as here on the show. So let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. My top 10 reasons for you to believe. And again, that's spelled B L E A V here on the Believe Podcasting Network. So, Top 10 reasons to believe in the 21 2021 20, Detroit Lions. Let's go with again, no particular order. You know, I'm I'm gonna throw these out there. I'm gonna expand, expound upon them. I'm gonna try to give you guys some things to chew on. But but again, these aren't ranked one to ten. I I, I didn't have time for it. And like you say, it's so early in the process. I haven't even seen. Have you guys heard of this guy? I mean, this guy, he's our new head coach. His name is Dan freaking Campbell. You know what he's had enough of? He's had enough of all this losing here in Detroit. You've had enough of that (laughs) Exactly, Dan Campbell. I mean, I've had enough of it as well. And this, I mean, if you don't know Dan Campbell, if you haven't heard Dan Campbell, what have you been doing with your life? Because this is what Dan Campbell's all about. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. <laughs> we're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. So we're I'm talking about Dan Campbell. All right, that's going to be the mentality. That's going to be the mentality. So my number one thing on my top 10 list is Dan freaking Campbell and this new coaching staff. And, you know, like you say, it, it started off with Brad Holmes, the GM, Dan Campbell. Like a lot of people... Didn't have Dan Campbell at the top of their list. You know, people were banging the table for these coaching retreads and, you know, they want this flashy guy or go pay a ton for this guy or all the rumor innuendo about going out and getting uh, what Matt Campbell, the, the college guy that everybody thinks is the next big thing. I haven't seen Dan Campbell coach the Detroit Lions yet. I haven't seen him ever be head coach except for a very brief stint uh, with the Dolphins, which was kind of before my time as a, as a big time football fan. But what this guy's brought is a sense of moxie, alpha mentality, positivity. Imagine that as well as, like I say, empowering these players, like putting them in positions to succeed and, I think that's going to do wonders for people like Jeff Okuda. Mr. Okuda, as we call him here on the show. Uh, DeAndre Swizzle. DeAndre Swift, I think, is going to love having Dan Campbell. Dan freaking Campbell as a coach. I think Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes love themselves some Jared Goff. I think these guys went out and took nasty big defenders and big old linemen because they want to bite some kneecaps and beat you up. So... I mean, those are the top two guys, the GM and the head coach. But when you start talking about this coaching staff, I mean, you're just going down the list. I mean, Deuce Staley as the assistant head coach and running backs coach. I mean, this guy, a future possible head coach in the league, as well as just no nonsense. But also, again, he has a sense of personality to him. He's not just a stick in the mud. He's he's not a dictator. This guy knows how to work with people and get the best out of his players. I really think everybody's going to love him. Uh, I'm really starting to love Randall L as a wide receiver coach. Again, looks like he could still play the game. He's been at some good organizations. He's, he, he was very versatile as a player. I think he's going to bring a lot to this no name, you know, receiver core here in Detroit where everybody's like, man, you guys don't have anybody to catch the football. like, I have some very optimistic views. I mean, I B-L-E-A-V that Tyrell Williams, Perriman, you know, following in his dad's footsteps, Quintez Cephas, St. Brown, rookie in the slot. I think they're going to outperform, and I think Randall L. is really going to help a lot of those guys. And I think the Lions are going to tactfully add to this position, either this offseason, next offseason, next draft, whatever it may be, you can always add and get receivers anytime you want. It's just a matter of when they want to get them. So you got those two guys. I mean, you got Anthony Lynn, former head coach, there with the Chargers as our OC. You got Aaron Glenn as our DC, another guy who said he wants ass kickers. He, he, he just has a sense of mentality about him that you got to love. So I could spend all day on this, but Mark Brunel is our quarterbacks coach. Aubrey Pleasant as our cornerbacks uh, coach, a guy that has so much swag. Uh, just love hearing from him, so positive, from Flinttown, and just a great dude. I mean, I don't know who I loved more when I heard them speak. Aubrey Pleasant or Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams. I mean, it's basically a tie. Two of the best dudes of all time, the funniest dudes of all time, the nicest dudes of all time, and I think are going to really help the Detroit Lions on multiple levels. So, uh, you know, I I love what Pleasant is bringing. I think Jalen Ramsey called him the best DB coach in the game. Now he's here in Detroit with Okuda. A, O. I mean, you know what that means, right? Oh, baby! <laughs> exactly. Got Ale out there in the corner. You got Quentin Dunbar in the house now. You got Corn Elder in the house. I mean, last time I checked, I, I, I think Corn Elder—he uh, went to the U. I got to pump the volume up. I know Benny Blades isn't around for me to give him a hard time, but if I'm going to drop that, I got to go with some volume. I got to bring it. That's the button I'm looking for right there, because it's all about those canes, and we got Corn Elder now doing some things. (laughs) So, I mean, lots of nice little pieces to work with. Um, Young players, you know, I think you'll get the best out of them, so... Like I said, I could talk more and more about this coaching staff led by Dan freaking Campbell. But I think they're going to bring swagger, positivity, no nonsense, winning mentality, tough mentality, but also empower these players to be the absolute best they can be. Number two on my list. Get this. An actual attacking Defensive scheme. I mean, anybody that's watched the Lions the last two, three years, like, uh, why do we have anybody rushing the quarterback? Uh, Why are corners like 8, 10, 12 yards off the guy that's catching the football? Why are we never blitzing ever? Why do we have a defensive quote unquote genius as a head coach, and we are the worst defense in the history of football or the Detroit Lions or both? I mean, the new coaching staff is bringing this new attacking scheme. They want Aleem McNeil to be at the nose tackle, but not just stand there and hold blocks. They want him to get upfield and penetrate. They want Big Denim. You guys know who that is. Number 75, Levi Onzarique. They want him to get a feel and, you know, swim move some fools and get after the quarterback. They want Trey Flowers, which I don't know if this is a good idea or not. They want Trey Flowers, I guess, to play outside linebacker and blitz standing up or in that motorcycle type position. Like, okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but. I don't know if that's going to work, but send him after the quarterback would be nice for the 18-plus million dollars that he's making. So, um, Oquara, the Oquara brothers, how about you keep bringing them at multiple angles and positions after the quarterback? How about we tell Jeff Okuda, go press man. And don't let that guy beat you and get in his shirt pocket and and do some things. You know, it's going to be much more attacking on defense, much more, you know, Matt Patricia always said he was multiple. I mean, I didn't see barely anything creative after this guy after his first few games or half a season in Detroit. I mean, you just knew they were in this laissez-faire defense, linebackers, you know, big, slow plotting guy, couldn't do anything. Corners weren't able to stick with anybody, never brought a safety, never brought anybody, you know, moved your D linemen. You're supposed to have all these D linemen. I can move them all around. When, When did you move anybody around? Because... I didn't see anything, whereas I think this staff is going to move guys around. They're going to blitz linebackers. They're going to have people coming from all types of angles, whether it be those stand-up edge rushers, whether it be sliding like a Trey Flowers inside, trying to get some pass rush, you know, letting a Deshaun hand move inside, outside. Like, that attacking style is just really going to be positive and be something that it's just not going to be fun for the fans to watch but it's a reason i believe because you got to you got to make the other team uncomfortable you got to get the other team's quarterback off the spot i don't even care half the time if you sack him or if you blow up a run play in the backfield for a big loss I just need disruption. I need running backs to feel like they're not going to just get five, six yards before they get touched. I need quarterbacks to know they can't just pat, burp the ba- burp the baby back there, stand and, and you know, read a book, have a sandwich before they decide who they're going to throw it to. And that's all we've seen here in Detroit. That's all that they've been doing is just letting people have all the time in the world and pretty much any Joe Schmoe in the NFL that plays quarterback can, can can pick you apart if that's what you're going to do. So attack, get after people, make people uncomfortable. I can't wait to see this new defense. I know they need some more pieces, but I do think they'll be fun to watch. And I do think they will be very disruptive on the front. And then I'm hoping the back end, both corners and safeties and linebackers can do their part as well. Number three on my list. I mentioned him earlier. I dubbed him DeAndre Swizzle. He's got some of the sweetest feet in the game. He also scored 10 touchdowns as a rookie. This guy, I'm telling you, he was highly touted in college. Yeah, he had some injuries. Yeah, he wasn't like fully used because he just got 80 million running backs at Georgia. But every time DeAndre Swift played, he just looked like a ball player to me. Every time he steps to a podium, I love this guy more and more because of how he talks, what he talks about. The fact that he doesn't say much says a whole bunch to me, and I think this guy's about ready to jump on the scene, and and a lot of people are downgrading him, thinking that he's not going to get many touches, he's going to have some injury concerns, whatever it may be, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy is featured as as a wide receiver at a lot of times, you know, like, do I still love how he ran the football? He's jumping over fools and running people over at certain times. Yeah, I think he has some pop to him. He's he's thick in the lower body as well as can bring those shoulder pads as well. But, I mean, if, if you're not going to hand him the football, can, can I get my man in the slot? Can Can I get him running angles and option routes all day, every day? Like, I think... He could literally catch 60 to 80 passes and be much more dynamic and be something people have to really deal with rather than, oh, he's not running or he's not catching a little swing pass. He's on the sideline. No, like you can put Jamal in the backfield and just move Swizzle out to the slot or have him run some type of route out of a double backfield, whatever it may be, like create problems with him. That's what he's all about. So I expect a big year number two. I've invested huge in fantasy football and Swift. I think he's going to stay healthy. I think he's going to be productive both in the pass game, the run game. And, yeah, could those touchdowns come down? Yeah, they could come down a bit. But if you're going to give me catches, yards, all types of other production, I'm going to live with it because, you know, he's just a really good player. And, again, everybody devalues the running back position. Like, if he takes a step forward in his overall game and, and Jamal Williams is good and, Jefferson the kid we took in the seventh round is good and Boyd who the guy's undrafted kid can add some at the bottom of the depth chart and like I said even if they bring in a Todd Gurley like I'm for that too because spread it out but just don't have my man sitting on the sideline a lot because he's a ball player so DeAndre Swift big leap in year two that's my third thing on my list keep this thing moving number four on my list another thing Lions fans are totally foreign to here recently in this regime I'm gonna have to think about it if When they had it. And I'm talking about speed, S-P-E-E-D, at the wide receiver position. I'm talking about guys that can run. I'm talking about guys that can get behind your defense. I'm talking about guys that scare the opponents. Because if you slip up, that's a 70-yard touchdown. Now, I'm not here to run down Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. I might run down Danny Amendola a little bit with his, his yoga pants wearing you know five million dollar a year cashing you know self where he just didn't really make a big impact when you look at it you know even if he worked hard in practice like obviously it didn't wear off on a lot of people because we were one of the most lackadaisical looking teams when I turned the game on on Sunday but anyway you Kenny Galladay was my guy. Everybody knows, like, you know, after they took him, I was a little befuddled. But then I was like, wow, this guy is long. He's lean. He can go up and get the football. He obviously played great. But none of those guys had that ability to just toast you and roast you. I mean, could they get behind and get the jump ball? Sure. Marvin did that a little bit. Kenny did that well. But I'm talking straight up speed, slant routes to the house. I'm talking about, you know, double moves where you just can't keep up with me. I think Perriman and Tyrell have a little bit of that in their game, which we haven't seen in a while. Like I say, I'm thinking about a lot of their receivers Lions have had. You know, they're bringing in like Anquan Bolden, again, possession receiver. You know, um, going back before that, like people will say Calvin, but Calvin was much more of a possession guy to me, too. He was always falling down or jumping up to catch the ball. I didn't see many times where he just flat out ran past people. He ran like a four or two, but we rarely ran the old play in the huddle. All right, Calvin, just run past everybody. I'll just throw it as far as I can. Like that should have been the play like, you know, five, six, seven times a game. And instead, it was a lot of little hitch routes and a little, you know, mid-15-yard comebacks. And it's just like, I don't know. We just haven't had that guy that can stretch the field. And the NFL really seems to value that right now. You know, they want guys that can go up uh, and just outrun you. They want these dynamic receivers. They really value it in the league. Now, these aren't big names, but I, I don't think that Tyrell and Perriman can't use their speed to do some things. And then, again, the Lions are keeping that underneath type of thing with St. Brown, Cephas, um, some of these other guys they might bring in. But I just like speed on the outside, especially guys too that are going to be under – you know, they're going to be overlooked by the other defenses. Oh, man, this is Tyrell Williams. He's been hurt a lot. Like, what's he going to do? And then you just cut him up and run him deep. I mean, he had a lot of nice deep routes, a lot of uh, production there with the Chargers before he did get hurt. You know, Perriman, he's had a few nice stints both in Tampa Bay, and with the Jets there, now he's a flop with the Ravens, but the Ravens saw something in it to take him in the first round. So he has talent. So I'm just excited to see speed. I think you can't teach speed. Speed really wins in the NFL. And I'm excited to see it at the wide receiver position. Let's go to my number five reason to B-L-E-A-V, believe in the Lions. And that's the strong and possibly dominant offensive line here with the Lions. Now, a lot of the old-timers, a lot of people that will give you the old, I've been watching the Lions for 52 years. Okay, congratulations. You've been watching for a long time. We get it. Those are a lot of the people that always will come on the radio or tell you, like, we should just draft offensive linemen every time. You know, we need a tough offensive line and a tough defense. It wins in the trenches. Like, yeah, I'm all for that. Like, I'm excited to have big Levi and uh, McNeil and, and some more other big bodies on defense. I like having Frank now, Taylor Decker, and now adding A Sewell. But you still do need those skill guys. You need dynamic schemes and other things. You can't just have these trench guys that are just going to dominate football games. I think that's a misconception where it's just like... Yes, the game is is played somewhat in the trenches, but it's 2021. It's also a game where you can't rough people up as much anymore. You can't um, touch people on defense. So you really need to have speed on both sides of the ball, speed to keep up with these speed guys you're going against that have been just absolutely obliterating the Lions here recently, and then speed to threaten other defenses as well. But let's get back to my strong old line. The reason I believe is because, I've always been a proponent of O-line in the draft and at different positions because not only are they safe usually when you take them or when you acquire them in, in free agency to some degree, they help you in the run game, the pass game. They, depending on their personalities, they can intimidate the opponents if they really get after you. You've seen Frank Ragnow drive Bears players 12, 15 yards almost down the field and put them in the ground. I mean... That's good stuff right there. We love seeing that. So I think Penny Sewell can have – he might have some struggles moving over to the right side. He's been quoted recently as saying, you know, it's not that easy. I've been quoted on Twitter saying, man, it worries me if you just think a guy can go from left to right with no problem. He he compared it to just your, you write with your right hand and then tomorrow they're like, hey, write with your left. And I want it to look as crisp and as quick As you've been doing for, what, 15, 20 years with your right hand. Like, it's not that easy, right? So, can he do it? Will he acclimate himself? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll actually make him a better football player overall. And if you have two dominant tackles and a dominant center, that's that's exactly the ingredients you look for in an O-line. You should be able to make the left and the right guards work. Now, the Lions did invest highly in a third-round left guard and Jonah Jackson, as well as a fourth-round player. And Logan Stenberg, who didn't even see the field last year. So they did overcommit, in my opinion, to those interior-type positions. But if it gets them as a top-10 offensive line, possibly a top-8 offensive line, dare I say a top-5 offensive line that can protect Jared Goff and can open up run holes for the running backs I already talked about earlier. Yeah, that that would be a really nice thing to see, something to believe in and something that Lions fans would have a hard time believing because we have not been able to run the football since Barry left, and that's been a long-ass time. That was before I was caring about the Lions. I mean, I had a basketball and a hockey stick in my hand when he was out there running. So, I mean, it's been a long time, and I've seen a lot of running backs wash out here since uh, becoming a diehard fan. I have not seen dynamic run game at all. We've been the worst running team in the National Football League for a decade plus, it feels like now, easy. So got to get that fixed. I think it does start with the big boys up front, as well as Jerick Goff's a whole different quarterback if you can keep him clean. He's got all the talent in the world to wing it around. But if he's running for his life or he has to throw it quicker, that's where you see those turnovers. That's where you see the mistakes that he had. And I'm hoping that they can keep him clean, let him do his thing, and overproduce at the quarterback position. So that's, that's the top five things I wrote down. We got five more things and let's get into it right now. I mean, who needs a break? Who needs a breather? Not me. I'm talking lions football right here. So let's get to number six, number six on my list. I think the lions, the coaching staff, the GM, the owner, the whole organization, man, these are all people that have something to prove, They have a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of being told, oh, man, it's just the Lions. Like, they're never winners. These people really want to turn this around, and is it going to happen with the snap of a finger? No, it probably won't. But do they have the fan base fired up right now? Do they have the Lions fan base believing in this team and what they're building, do they are is everybody excited that they're going to have a fun team to watch this year and have two first round picks the next two years, as well as a different salary cap situation and some of the premier spots, whether it be ta- offensive tackle, interior defensive line, corner, uh, running back, t- tight tight end, you know some of these areas covered where then they can go dress like edge rusher, corner. Uh, maybe get a dynamic safety uh, here soon. I can really do some things like they're setting themselves up really well. So number six reason is that they got something to prove. And the players I wrote down was, man, Jared Goff's got something to prove. He's motivated right now at 26 years old to show that he's still a, a top 15 quarterback in the national football league. Jeff Okuda was taken third overall for a reason. This kid can play the game. This kid has an absolute dog mentality At the cornerback position, I see him having that same trajectory as Slay. Down first year, people not sure about him. He comes up on the scene. Next thing you know, he's one of the highest-paid corners. Every week, people are talking about Jeff Okuda. Nobody can catch a ball on him. He's getting his hands on some footballs, getting some turnovers like Slade did that helped us win some games back in the Caldwell era. I see that same trajectory, and I say Okuda has something to prove to himself, to the fan base, to the nation this year, and I think he's going to do it. Tyrell Williams has something to prove, man. Like I said, a guy that was on the come up. At 25, 26 years old, uh, then got signed by the Raiders a couple injured years. Now he's, what, 28, 29 years old. Still, if he's healed up from injuries, there's no reason he can't get back to some of his form where not only can he run past you, he's kind of a big player, you know, a big slender player. And I always remember him going to get the football kind of like Kenny did, too, when it was in the air, like Tyrell was making plays. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he can bring some of that. I'm hoping that he can. I realize that I might be a little disappointed if he does get dinged up or if he, he doesn't prove to be. He's basically the Lions' number one right now if they don't add anybody else. like Can he live up to that? I, I can't wait to see it, and I think he's going to have a, a reason to seize that opportunity. Like, wow, I'm getting number one looks with the Lions. Like That's something he, sh- he needs to relish and, and take advantage of. Tracy Walker. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that has something to prove Tracy Walker was everybody's like breakout candidate for the lions on defense last year. And he did nothing. I mean, he made no picks. He, I, I mean, what, the year before, I think he had 100 tackles. Last year, felt like he was barely in the lineup early in the season. He started to play a little bit more. He probably racked up those tackles 8, 10, 12, 15 yards down the field. I only remember a few plays from Tracy Walker where I was like, oh, man, there's my guy. Like, where you been? So he's got a lot to prove this year because I want to say it's either the last year or maybe he's got two years left on his deal, but – I mean, he really needs to step it up if he's going to stay with the Lions and be a starting safety in this league. I mean, I still have hopes for him. Every time I see him, I'm like, man, go, go gadget arms on this guy are unbelievable. I mean, I swear he can tie his shoes standing up. And, but again, I say it on multiple podcasts when are you going to get those arms on a football? You know, when are you going to use those long arms to wrap somebody up in the backfield and sack the quarterback? When are you going to, you know, pull a running back down for for a big big play on third and short? and and make me stand up and and show what you can do with the safety position. Like, I don't really know if he's a free. Is he a, a safety that needs to come down in the box? I mean, he didn't show very good coverage skills every time they bring him down and lock up on tight ends and whatnot. That was my hope. It's like, oh, man, this guy likes to come down and guard up. Problem was, every time he guarded up, he was three yards behind the guy, getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. So... Tighten up, Tracy. Let's go. I expect a big bounce back here from him. Big chip on his shoulder. Michael Brockers as well. He kind of got tossed aside by the Los Angeles Rams. Just you know, oh, you know, we can't pay him. You know, he's not worth this, that, and the other. Dude's a, dude's a ball player, man. He's really a good guy in the locker room as well. I think he's going to take it as a challenge to be kind of the leader on defense, especially up front be the vet but he's still the vet that can play so between him trey flowers they're gonna to have to lead that front line at young guys and guys that have underperformed and i'm excited to see it so and there's plenty of other guys you know the lines are bringing in on these one-year deals saying hey you know we're gonna let you play see what you got if you play you might you you might get paid here or otherwise. So I think there's, that's going to be a real big motivating factor for this team. I can't wait to see it. Let's move to number seven on my list. Reasons to be, and the Lions. Number seven is this 2021 draft class. I mean, let's run it down again at pick number seven. They got the second-best player in the draft, in my opinion, Penny Sewell, the big offensive tackle from Oregon. Let's go – to the second round, pick 41 overall, big denim himself, Levi owns Uh he can penetrate up the middle, he can move him out to the edge, I think he's going to be a real grimy player, you know, might take him a bit to sort of get some of the techniques and things mastered, but I really like his toughness, his mentality, you can't coach that, I think it's going to be really good, the third round, pick 72 overall, they took Alim McNeil, dude's about 315 to 30 pounds, depending on what day you away him. He's nasty. He can move his feet. He's a athletic big man. I can't wait to see what he does. He's rocking the fold jersey. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see, but I'm really starting to love myself some Aline McNeil. At pick 101 in the third round, they took Iffy Melafonwu. This guy, I'm telling you, is a silky athlete. You can put him at corner. You can put him at safety. I think this is going to be a guy that you will see Uh, Blitzing, you will see him out there making plays. I don't know that he's gonna, you know, start at any of those positions right away, but I see him being a pretty dynamic rotational piece and somebody that I think could really be a very nice steal at the bottom of the third round there for the Lions. Fourth round, you got St. Brown at 112 overall. This guy's gonna be a dynamic slot. I could see him starting from day one. And if you look at what I just named off, Penny Sewell will start from day one. You know, Levi will be a rotational piece, but uh, you know he's definitely going to play and he's going to make some plays this year. And Ali McNeil will be a starter for the most part, I would say. And and if he's going to be a rotational piece, and now you got Saint Brown as a starter, I mean that's that's three four guy impact guys in the first four rounds. That's really what I look for. They moved way up to get Derek Barnes at pick one one three. I mean, gosh, Derek Barnes looks like a, a great guy uh, off the field, and a they said he ran sideline to sideline wearing that 55. So if Derek Barnes, I mean, gosh, could he start from day one? Could he be a guy that before you know it, he's got the green dot on his helmet, he's making all the calls there at linebacker? I mean, I think he has some areas he can grow in, but... Gosh, I'd love to see him in the middle of the defense, and he has that intangible to be able to rush the passer as well, which I'm intrigued to see how they use that skill. Will they just keep him off the ball, or will they let this guy go, uh, you know, tack the quarterback? We will see. Um But I think he's going to make an impact early and be kind of a centerpiece of this new Lions team they're building. And then late in the seventh round, getting Jamar Jefferson. Uh, This kid's got some pop. He's got some ability. I think he's got chip on his shoulder. Like, that's a nice draft class. That really is. That's nice value from rounds one through seven. Being aggressive, going up and getting those two fourth rounders. You know, the first... uh, first four picks too are all going to be contributors and be guys that I think are going to be on this team for a long time so the 2021 draft class is definitely a reason that I believe in the Lions at number eight here I've talked about him a bunch I'm gonna hit on him again big old D line and I like the nasty I know I said it's the new NFL you can't do this you can't do that you can still get after people on the defensive line. You have not only a few guys, but you have guys that you can rotate and you can move from inside outside. That also, they're not there just to run the edge and and try to avoid the offensive tackle. Excuse me, they're trying to they're trying to get after you. You know, swat your hands down, bully you over with a bull rush run some twists and games. I think you're going to see some really nasty, like I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Like to me, the starters would probably be, you know, Trey Flowers on the outside, Deshaun Hand, Michael Brockers on the inside, Romeo Quar on the outside. Those are kind of your four. They've, they've said they're going to be like a, a three, four team. So if you're going to be a three, four team, it's going to be more like Aline McNeil over the nose, you know, Michael Brockers, um, you know, on that interior gap, and then you probably got Trey on the on the outside, and then you're bringing rushers from either the edge or the linebacker position. Both Okora brothers, you know, we still got uh, Austin Bryant. He's got to figure into that mix. Deshaun Hand has got to be a player that you you do some things with. So they they got some bodies where they can just get after you. And like I said, when you're talking about nasty mentality, I mean, I'm putting Levi in there, no doubt. I'm putting Ali McNeil in there, no doubt. Michael Brockers in there. Um, even though Trey Flowers is real quiet off the field. I think he's a pretty nasty, tough, physical, thick-type player on the uh, defensive line, so I'm putting him in there. And Romeo Quar is no joke. They paid him, and he, he'll get after you. If you don't set, he's going to run you over. If you do set and get your hands on him, he can run past you with his speed and athleticism as well. And like I say, a tough guy, even though he's smart and quiet off the field. So I like the mix of big, thick, Nasty, athletic, rotational pieces. I mean, basically 8 to 10 guys I named off that are all in the mix there on the defensive line. I think that's something to be excited about, to believe in, and to be fired up about as a Lions fan. Let's go ahead and get to number 9 here on my list. The NFC North, I mean, we it is in a state of flux. The NFC North is changing. Whether it mean the team, the power structure, the quarterbacks. I mean, number 12, he's throwing a fit up there in Green Bay. I can't wait till they, they ship him out FedEx mail to uh, Denver, wherever he ends up going. I could care less, but just tired just of hearing him, seeing him, send him out. I mean, everybody knows what's going on in Chicago. You got Andy Dalton over there. You got the rookie from that school. Usually I say that school we shall not speak of, but I did find my sound bit, so I guess we could speak of it. I mean, you know where Justin Fields is from, right? Hey, listen. Ohio State sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And everybody's so high on Justin Fields. Like, don't be surprised if he's the type of player that struggles out the gate. He. I just don't see him being this elite processor at the NFL level. I see him making bad turnovers. I see him trying to run his way around and then just getting popped by some linebackers and some safeties and and having some injury issues. So, you know, hold back on that. And then what we got, the Minnesota Vikings, Milk Toast, Kirk Cousins, which to me, you know, the guy, if you give him time, he's good too. But if you get after him, we all know Dalvin Cook's going to be missing, you know, six, seven games he misses every year. And, you know, I do like what the Vikings did in the draft. So, like, to me, when you're talking about it being in flux, I could see the Vikings jumping up. I could see the Bears being the wild card. I could see the Packers you know, taking a down tick, especially when 12 is out of here. And I could see the Lions being that team that's, that's sneaky, that's on the up, uptick. Any week could beat you. Going to be fun to watch, going to be entertaining, but also going to have some struggles. There's no doubt. So I think it's kind of a coin flip in the NFC North. I think anybody could win it. I think every year. You see these teams come from nowhere to win the division. You see teams that won the division end up at the basement. You know, had the Lions done that recently? No. C- could they just absolutely sneak up on people and overperform in so many levels uh, this year and and be right in the mix for this division? And like I said, this division could probably be won a little bit over the, the 500 mark. You know, uh, again, we're adding that extra game. So what it used to be like 9, 10 wins, you know, to win a division, like maybe... Maybe now it's that same number because even with that extra game like this, this just might be a beat you up and get beat up when you go outside the division type of NFC North. And, you know, like put the Lions in the mix with with uh, with all those teams, you know, Uh, are they the underdog? Sure. But could could they upset some teams and could they do some division or some damage with a tough schedule? Why not? I I don't see why not. So, NFC North up for grabs. That's a reason to believe in the Lions. And the 10th thing I threw on my list here, again, I haven't even hinted on him, I don't think, up to this point in the episode, and that's TJ Hawkinson. I mean, this guy, they took, what, 7th, 8th overall in the NFL Draft. He had a really disappointing rookie year. I mean, I remember just being a big supporter and saying, like, hey, man, a dynamic tight end is really important in today's game. And then he came out in that first year. I mean, he had no energy. He had no moxie. He underperformed. He got injured. He had some drops. And then year two, I mean, he grew his beard out. He let his hair go. He started hanging out with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and those guys. And, like, Now he just balled out in year two. I mean, he was all over the football field catching passes, really had that sense of personality back to him. And that's only going to be accentuated under Dan freaking Campbell. I mean, he's going to tell him to grow the hair extra long. You know, tell him to talk extra noise. He's going to say, I want to see you getting footballs. I mean, he still could progress after the catch as well as... You know, Hawkinson for where he was taken and what he can do, we have not seen those big plays. We haven't seen those big 40-yard touchdowns or 150-yard games on a consistent basis. That's the next level I want to see from him. So, to me, Hawkinson's a guy, like, even if he doesn't give you those ultra-dynamic plays or, or stat lines that the other guys give you, he needs to dominate the middle of the football field. And when I say that, I mean just being a nightmare for corners, linebackers, safeties, uh, anybody they put on him. He needs to know how to run those hook routes, those option routes, those out routes, those, he needs to know how to move the sticks. He needs to be a nightmare in the red zone. These are all the things I'm looking for, for TJ. Hawkinson <sighs> in year three. And, uh, you know, he's looking for that big payday. Look, some of these tight ends have been getting. So I don't see why he would slow down. He's pretty much the number one pass catcher. If the lions don't add any other big time trades or, or anything crazy. So force him to football. I want to see him getting lots of volume. I want to see him turning those into really nice numbers, dying to justify his draft position, but to be uh, just one of the top offensive weapons on this team. I think he's got all the talent. I love that he's showing his personality. I'd love to see him be a little bit even nastier in the blocking game. That was something I saw on his college tape where he was just – he'd get after you. Like I know it's a different game in the NFL, but – you know, if they are going to put you in line, I want to see you getting after and burying people. I know he probably has some good pro football focused grades and whatnot, but I'm talking about latching on to people, driving them downfield, taking them off their feet, whatever it may be. Or, like you said, maybe he will just be that flex tight end where he's just in the slot, you know, 75% of the time this year and doing some damage. I'd be fine with that as well if you just want to use him as a pass catcher, keep him healthy, and let, you know, some guy you grab off the scrap heap, do all the blocking, as well as, like I said, limit the touches for Darren Fells and whoever else we got a tight end these days. Hunter Bryant, my guy, we'll see if he does anything. But Hawkinson's got to be a ball player. I think he is. I think this is a big year three. I mean, again, pro bowler last year. Why can't he just replicate that and turn the stats up a little bit higher this year? That would be great to see. So that's my top ten list, top ten things to kind of latch onto off top of my head, as well as just things that I thought would get the Lions fan base more excited. I mean, we couldn't be more fired up here in the uh, Motor City about this team redoing their roster, new quarterback, new offensive weapons, new defense, and... It's going to be that big lead up until they got to kick it off and actually do it on the football field. I will be at Ford Field a few times this year, and I cannot wait to watch this team. I think it's going to be a fun season. I think it's going to be exciting, and I think they're going to be a lot sneakier than people are giving them credit for. People talk about three, four wins. No, they're, they're going to find ways to pull more games out than that, and they're going to be really dynamic Um some of these players people are writing off are going to be better than advertised. I'm here to tell you right now. I B O E A V in the lions. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Share this with a friend. Go check out our sponsors. We are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go check them out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you next week. Right here. i believe B O E A V in lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe, Lions say it with me I love the Lions for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus